0: This week on Invasion of the Podcast, we wait 27 years to see Lando's dark side.
1: We have a special interview with Lyman Raitt talking about his book Operation Jaguar and the challenges of writing a first novel.
0: And we celebrate 30 years of Double Dare and see how many flags we can grab
1: in 60 seconds. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon, the arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. and welcome to invasion the podcast where we're taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul Dare Stedman and to my left as always, is always Joe Double Dare Peters. There's to me we should have done an echo voice. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've been like back to me and Paul physical challenge Stedman. Physical challenge. And then I got somehow put root beer and a hat on my head and then I don't know. Anyway, something I watched
0: a, like a lot of those and I'm like I I, I feel like I guess I guess that tile that they had set up for that show, like the the stage set, mm-hmm. was like it was it was it was designed to kind of work against you.
1: Did you did you read the article I sent you? I,
0: okay. I've I've i read through it. Like, because there was so many different, like um, this person was the guy that did the catering, and then here's the janitor, and it was <laughs> just like all these different people that worked on the show besides like Mark Summers and um what's her name Robin wasn't that the referee? Oh yeah, you're right. uh, She was like, well, she was one of the producers, Yeah, but I remember those two. And then I think Harvey was the announcer, but there was like, there was like nine other people that they mentioned. And, uh, it was, it was interesting. Like I liked the model that they had for the set. And, um, I was looking at it and I'm like, huh. I'm like, I never really got that perspective watching the show. Yeah, but,
1: right. But that would make sense as a studio. Yeah, so. we'll we'll talk about that more uh, later. It's there is an article yeah. I'll post it on our um, Facebook page. It's a it's an oral history of Double Dare, which you would not like. Maybe at first glance you wouldn't think who wants to read about Double Bear D- double Double Bear. That's we're we're in Lakewood, Ohio, so I'm sure the word Double Bear's been used before, but <laughs> like, <laughs> in different context. Um, no, no, but Double Dare. Um, and I'll I'll link it. It's really cool story reading about how that show happened. Just and uh, don't link like, the double bear link. <laughs> yeah, don't Google double bear. Um, no, so we'll get to that later. We're gonna uh, have some fun talking about that. Uh, and then we also have a, a, an interview uh, with Lyman rate uh, writer of Operation Jaguar uh, coming up in a bit too. But um, first and foremost, like I know we we tend to spend some time talking about like what do, what do we do? Like you mentioned, um, you're going to mention. Uh, the movie or a game or something that you did, and it's blowing my mind right now. I cannot remember what it was. You are going to mention in passing. Oh, the Metallica album. Oh, yeah. It wasn't a movie or a game. It was an it was album. Music. Yeah, yeah, usually
0: when I talk about music. No, I picked up the new Metallica album. It came out on November 18th, and I've always been a massive Metallica fan, and uh, it's a pretty good album. Um, Is it better than Death Magnetic? I like Death Magnetic better, but I like... Thrash. A lot of people didn't like that one. I like it because I like thrash metal, and it was very very back to their roots with like some thrash they do have thrash on their new album it's a good range but i mean these guys are in their 50s and you i mean you you kind of have to respect them as artists in a a sense when it's like if they feel like playing something you know they're still going to give you what they they started with but they're also going to kind of give you some other stuff and yeah there's probably about a handful of like four songs on there i don't really care for but it's it's a pretty good album
1: okay i mean i know so um whenever metallica announces a new album people are always kind of they're on the fence of it's going to be good or not, so yeah. it feels like there's been a a good general positive vibe to it.
0: Yeah, I've got a lot of friends that are like big metal fans, and they like my one buddy. He does not care for like the Load era at all. That's that the only era.
1: time I think, I, other than the song One Load and Reload, are the only times I feel like I could, I could approach Metallica. Well, it's it's funny because like their fandoms kind of flipped with that. Like you I know, know you I, I, like, I, I know where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, you had
0: the underground metal scene. Like I I don't I don't like. Load and Reload as much as their other albums but uh it, they're they're not bad I don't think they're bad.
1: So. And I bought S M and I was like this seems like a cool idea my favorite track on SNM and I didn't realize at the time was the one thing that they had nothing to do with, and that was the very first track, which was the Ecstasy of, of Gold, gold which, which is from the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah. And I just didn't know it at the time. I was like, "This is a really cool piece of music." And I'm like, "It has nothing to do with Metallica whatsoever." Yep, it's like,
0: Sergio Leone's. Yeah, yeah, and um, or not Sergio. Uh, no, uh, uh,
1: it's um. Oh shoot, the Leone's a the director of the Good, the Bad. He the is ugly, the
0: director. Damn it! The it's on the tip of my tongue. He just
1: won an Oscar. You
0: just said it, and I, my mind's blank now. Uh, Enio Marconi.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um,
0: But anyway, uh, yeah, that song, that Enio Marconi song, um, uh, I remember I went to one of their concerts, not to keep going on about Metallica, but I went to one of their concerts, and they always walk out on stage to to "Ecstasy of gold. Okay. And then one concert, they actually had the scene from Good and the Bad and the Ugly, and I hadn't seen Good and the Bad and the Ugly yet. So I was just like, oh, cool, it's from a Western. And then when I watched Good and the Bad and the Ugly, I was like, oh.
1: Well, the same thing happened to me when um, I went to go see The Flaming Lips. And this is when they were touring uh, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots, and they had a video screen behind all their stuff going on. And when they played the song uh, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots, uh, they kept showing scenes of like Japanese schoolgirls with UZIs fighting each other. Yeah, and I was like, that's really messed up. Then later on, when I watched Battle Royale, I'm like, oh, that's from Battle Royale. So yep. it was like a weird like introduction to some of this stuff. So. Oh. Um, yeah, no, I just, I think that's uh, interesting. Um, but yeah, Metallica, people were excited for that. People are not disappointed by it. So I think you're right. Like they get to this point in their career. People are just like, you know what? I like it. That's probably about the best you can hope for. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I did not have any music, uh, that I was excited about this weekend. I'm just trying to think what I did. Um, other than, uh, we are going to talk soon about our nerd year resolutions coming up in January because I know we made some promises. Uh oh. <laughs> you actually have done okay with them? You don't I don't know. I it. don't
0: remember them. Yeah. I guess so. But then, like, I know yours. Like, I know you hit Mass Effect. I know you got that. Yeah. You're almost done with Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. So. So
1: my my goals were, and uh, was uh, finish Red Dead Redemption, Mass Effect three, um, get caught up on Doctor Who the best I could, and now all of it's on um, Amazon Prime, so I have no reason to not get caught up. Oh, that's on good. all that, um, and then also to like watch important movies. I was trying to figure out what that meant. I've watched some movies. I don't know if they're important oh, or not. Yeah, like
0: I think I, we talked like Godfather <laughs> and Citizen Kane. Like.
1: Godfather, I've still not watched. Uh, the oh. one movie I mentioned back in January was First Blood. I still have not watched that. Um, the Rambo? Yeah, i have oh, okay. not seen that. So. I'm thinking
0: I'm like starting to think of vampire movies. I'm like, Is
1: there yeah, movies uh, but Blood? I'm getting there. Like you guys will be proud. Like I'm chugging through Red Dead right now, and I'm having a good time with it. But I should have it finished. In um, time for next week's talk about Westworld. Yeah.
0: So. Oh man. So many. We-
1: yeah. We'll we'll definitely get into westerns next week.
0: Not not full fledged, but some. Yeah. But, we'll yeah. get into a full fledged western eventually. I mean, I actually I was watching. Uh, not to get too far off. So I actually last night I started uh, the original Magnificent Seven with steve mcqueen and yule brenner and um
1: yule brenner that guy from westworld yeah right (laughs) and you know what's crazy is he's the same exact outfit so it's kind of like hard to disconnect the characters i'm like do you want to believe that yule brenner as a robot came from westworld back to the past to be part of the magnificent seven i'm pretty sure he did is this like an early terminator movie because that would be amazing it's got to be
0: who else is charles bronson's in it um i can't remember i
1: need to watch these movies and that's it's, that's also a blind spot in my it's a, uh, movie watching it's a
0: pretty good western yeah. i think yeah that and like good and the bad and the ugly you definitely
1: gotta watch. well i need to finish the good bad and the ugly i started that's it, a long it's movie. like a three hour movie. it is a
0: long yeah. movie
1: so anyway enough about all that let's just get to the news good news everyone there Good was news. double bears spotted in Lakewood earlier tonight. That's the news. No. Double bear. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: oh man, that joke's not going away anytime no, soon. No, it's not. It's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there.
1: That's, all that's right. Fine. So
0: uh, I posted something today about Billy D. Williams getting to play Two Face finally um, in the Lego Batman movie, which is coming out in February. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this. I, this like, is going
1: to be my favorite Batman movie. But I, I, I don't know if it's going to be my favorite yeah.
0: Batman movie. But I mean the the Lego movie, which came out two years ago, had uh, Will Arnett playing the role of uh, Lego Batman in the movie, and uh, it, it, he was he was easily one of the funnier parts in the movie
1: yeah and um, I, i've seen the trailer for the the lego batman movie mm-hmm. like they they keep kind of distressing like how lonely he is and how yeah. it's it's going to be a movie about him finding his family i get i mean not as in his parents his They're, dead parents yeah, yeah. he's going to find darkness dead parents the bet
0: family like like robin yeah. nightwing batgirl alfred you know yeah. all the people that are just like you know i work alone well you've got a pretty big like bat fan club um but no it it looks pretty good because you know he does a lonely narcissist billionaire who or superhero billionaire uh it looks really funny but
1: zach galifianakis is the voice of the joker if i remember right oh really yeah and then you're gonna have billy d williams play two-face yeah that's kind of fun.
0: Well, the the, the joke and the, the, the fun thing is, and then the reason why it's buzzing around the internet is because Billy D. Williams was originally cast as Harvey Dent in Tim Burton's 1989 Batman. And I, I, I do believe he was offered the role of Two-Face in the upcoming sequels, and then that just kind of fell flat and nothing happened. Yeah. Um, so he never got to play Two-Face. So finally, somebody cast him as Two-Face. So he has been... Harvey Dent, and now he's Two-Face.
1: What would you feel if they just had him do the Harvey Dent side of things and then Tommy Lee Jones voicing Two-Face? How would you feel that would be having the actor share the role that would be really weird yeah (laughs) yeah i think that's awesome it's like you're you're paying tribute to to what was Mm -hmm. and it's like why not have billy williams do like why not like of all of all the people in these lego movies voicing all these characters you have jonah hill playing what was it um aquaman but green lantern green lantern and
0: and channing tatum was superman Superman. yeah Yeah. so like
1: why not i think that's a fun idea yeah um but yeah good good on them to finally get him back to being two-faced that's that's pretty great um, yeah, I can't, I can't wait for the Lego Batman movie. I'm going to be there day one. I, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm pretty for that. excited for it. You yeah. got a
0: lot. Of, February's got a decent lineup because I think John Wick 2 comes out. So you're going to have cartoons and then you're going to have people getting shot in the head over and over and over
1: again. <laughs> well, and, and also, like, February and March used to be like the dead zone for movie releases, but yeah. I feel like. Well, I think Deadpool studios. And, and um, uh, Winter Soldier kind of broke that. Winter Soldier came out in February? It was March. But then February was uh, Deadpool. And then the year before that was, oh. uh,. No, Kingsman also came out in February.
0: Oh yeah, Kingsman and they've got that slated. Mm-hmm. The sequel's supposed to come out soon too.
1: Yeah, so I feel like they're yeah. starting to realize that there's other times people can go to the movies, so that'll be exciting. So um yeah, hats off to you, Mr. Williams. Uh we will drink some uh Colt forty five <clears throat> in your honor.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, I think we should take Colt 45s to the movies. It's <laughs> a Lego Kids movie. Yeah, <laughs> Just get it's drunk.
1: like it's like why are those guys saying bad words? It's Smooth, like it's okay. Col-
0: yeah. It's because Colt 45.
1: It's like it's a science CD. You can't move from Sir. You can, is that you. malt liquor? No, no. <laughs> it is Colt 45 though. Yeah, so, is that Anaconda malt liquor you're drinking? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> Woo! All right. Um. Next uh, thing we got here is uh, Anne Rice, and I wrote Ann Rick. I don't know why I wrote that. Uh, <laughs> Anne Rice. I, has the rights back to the Vampire Chronicles? Because yeah, you know. yeah, I don't know the
0: whole story behind her fighting over the rights of the Vampire Chronicles. I know, I know, she had she obviously wrote her novels. Um, you know, if you don't know Anne Rice and the Vampire Chronicles is um, Interview with a Vampire, uh, what was it? Queen, Queen of the Dam. Yeah. Lestat. It all focuses around the character of Lestat, who's been played by Stuart Townsend and Tom Cruise, and yeah. Uh, did they do? Do they do two or three? Two movies. Um,
1: to my knowledge, it was just Interview uh, the Vampire, and then Queen of the Damned, um, which was the third book, I think. Yeah, Queen and of the, the Damned was the like the last well, second I mean, one. I think. If
0: you've seen the movie Queen of the Damned, it's it's probably got to be the last book. Yeah, but um,
1: well, I mean, there's more books than the Vampire Chronicles. There are. It's um, there's,
0: there's a big there's a big um and like it like I um I remember I was I was really into the movies. Like I like the universe. It's it 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 was um if you like vampires, if you're a fan of like True Blood or I'm trying to think of other vampire stories.
1: Like anything now, like like vampire diaries, true blood, uh, even Twilight, they owe a lot to interview the vampire because mm-hmm. it took the mythology and moved it forward. Um, I would also argue Salem's Lot also helped a lot too, but it was yeah. that was more of like a a disease you, as opposed to like people just like functioning but a different setting. Well,
0: you get a she did a good job of um like taking I don't want to say Bram Stoker's Dracula, but Bram Stoker romanticized the vampire myth. And Ann Rice kind of modernized it in that sense.
1: Yeah, because you had um the whole format of the book was of a guy interviewing um I want to say it, it wasn't Lestat, but it was, was Louie. It was uh it was Brad, Brad Pitt's, Pitt's character, character yeah. who um, was like it, a three hundred year old vampire. Yeah. And then so, so it's the whole story of his origin being Lestat and then and then also uh there was um Kristen um Stewart uh, not Kristen oh, Stewart. Um, um, the other, this, Kristen Stewart's
0: in, oh, in Twilight, right? Yeah, it's another Um, Christ, Kristen Dunst. Kristen Dunst. Yeah, sorry. Mary Jane. Yeah, yeah, she played Mary Jane. That was I loved Kristen Dunst in that role. And then after that, hated I like that.
1: I like that I screwed up one girl <laughs> with the same name Kristen that was a vampire <laughs> with another girl that was named Kristen that right? was a vampire. No, Kristen Dunst. Um, yeah when well, she played the younger one that she was she, bit, played, she was like she played she Claudia like nine, yeah. she was like nine but then her her psyche and emotional uh, state developed further mm-hmm. so she was basically like an adult stuck she was in like a 40 year old woman yeah. in
0: an adult in, in a nine-year-old's body um yeah that was really crazy I mean and and I think she did a really good job in that movie
1: I mean, like trying to play a grown-up when she's really a kid yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the movie was good um, the book, there's things in the book that they, they didn't convey in the movie that I, I understand now, at, like years later, that there's only so much you could put out there. Mm-hmm. But there was definitely a run in at some point whenever they ran into uh, more of a mindless vampire, more like a Nosferatu. Um, like, like a Nosferatu, a Nosferatu. Like, yeah. yeah. And that showed the difference between what they are and what they could be. Mm-hmm. And that was more of your universal like monster- like vampire and they didn't really get into that in the, in the in the movie it was more about like this like secret society and mm-hmm. having like rules and all this other yeah. stuff and being of heirs whatever that means well the
0: secret society stuff was always fun and i mean there was a there was a good period in the late 90s that transitioned into probably i want to say all the way up until like late 2000s with like um uh charlene harris's true blood series which was the sookie stackhouse novels which was Dead by Midnight and all these different – it was a bunch of different titles, Dead as a Doorknob and things like that where, you know, you had these um, these vampires that were, like, super sexy and, and and like, there was this mystery and they had power and, you know, and all that stuff. But, like, Anne Rice kind of, like, really kicked that off with her series. With First, the stat, yeah. Yeah. And um, I know she did, like, there was Interview with the Vampire, Vampire Lestat, and Nemnock the Devil, and uh, what else? Queen of the Damned.
1: There was, yeah, she's but, done others as well after that. Um, she I don't know how she lost the rights. Well, I mean, she sold the movie rights, which I would she imagine did. that, like, when the first movie came out, that studio, that, that they had the rights then to probably to the rest mm-hmm. of them. And I'm also going to guess that since they have not actively done anything for a while, she got the rights back. And right. now she has plans that she says she wants to do this, uh, more as a TV series, and like the th- like line of like Game of Thrones, which that makes more sense to me. I just, however, worry that because we've had True Blood and because we have the Vampire Diaries, yeah. that is it going to have the same impact? It's going to be hard to top True Blood in a sense of like people looking at it as a clone and
0: yeah. not realizing that it's that it's going to the be original. The original. Um, I think if they pull it off and do it right, because True Blood was like way too soap opera soap opera-y soap opera uh, soap opera soap opera
1: sounds <laughs> would you like a nice bottle of soap opera <laughs> uh
0: soap opera uh dr- dramatic like just some of the some of the storylines in, in that show like i i really love the vampire storylines you know i loved a lot of the characters on that show um it, but like i i couldn't get into some of the stuff cuz it was just like this doesn't seem like it fits here and i feel like they would do that justice and they would make it r- like more more dark, like just like a, like a creepier underground type.
1: Yeah, and if they took the chance of like doing a time shift between seasons, and not just like major, I'm talking like generational. Yeah, and keeping the same characters but moving them through right. time. Yeah, that would be kind of interesting because then you could set up different, just like uh, problems and situations because of the time they're in. Right, you know? season but, one
0: could take place in like the 1800s, and then yeah, like, like season two or see, even season three would like happen, and it's like it's like the 1970s, and it's like well, here's what happened last season, but now it's catching up with you 270 years later or yeah. 2, 370 years, you know. So, that, yeah, that would be really cool. I mean, you could do a lot of fun, like, Time travel and run around with uh, vampires and stuff. So,
1: but I feel like like uh, this would be more towards like a cable network or like maybe oh, absolutely and, like, like even like AMC. I feel like would still be that you that's still too close to like public television. Like you would need like a pay yeah, channel. I think you would too for because some of, the, just the, like the sexual content. Because, the sexual you know, content.
0: I mean, I, like True Blood. The one thing about True Blood that I thought was, and, and and I'm not like 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 fascinated by anything like this or anything, but like. Like, they always seem to hit the nail on the head when it came to like like vampires like viciousness and um uh, bestial nature and their sexuality because it was like completely different than what humans were and I, I remember there were so many scenes in True Blood where I was just like every season I'm just like yep had to have that scene in here <laughs> like there you know there's like like no. like uh, there there was a scene I remember where Bill like like and when when Bill when, when one of the characters first became a vampire and his maker they went on like a rampage and like murdered this family. And then they like, they like had sex in the bed with all the dead people in the bed or around them. Like, and there's all this blood and I'm like, that's super morbid, but that is completely in a, in a, in a, realm of what vampires would do in my mind so
1: you have a you have a dark mind joe i do have a dark mind joe but double, yeah. eaters. double dare, double <laughs> <laughs> dare. hey hey That's, there's a there's a bed full of dead that, people i yeah. dare you to do that <laughs> like, well joe double dare and he's like physical challenge <laughs> like,
0: like vampire diaries is one dare and then like they come back and they're like double dare and be like oh no not everyone in the bed like
1: yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um. I feel like, um. It's it's almost it's almost weird that like, television's at a point now to where that can be approachable to make as a series. Yeah. You know. So. Um. I mean, if Game of Thrones could exist and Westworld can exist, if, uh, what's the name of that town, Pariah? If Pariah, the town could exist in HBO on Ga- on uh, Westworld, then yeah. Um. Have at it, Anne Rice. Right. You know. So. Anyway. Good luck. Hopefully it's good. I mean, I, I'm hoping for the best. It's a good source material. So, yeah. Uh, last story, uh, Netflix has launched offline viewing. Um, that's kind of a big deal.
0: It is because, like, you know, there were a lot of shows. And I think this is – and we were talking about this a little bit about Disney trying to close the gap with movies being released and things like that, like, in terms of, like, Doctor Strange is out. And then we got to wait, like, four or five months for it to come out on Blu-ray. I think Netflix is trying to do this to close that gap for um, like illegal downloading or people's like, you know, uh, trying to get the, the episodes because like, you, you know, if you have them readily available, then, you know, you don't, you could just download them and then watch them whenever, versus having to like do the stream or pay for the
1: subscription. That, or if you're a parent like driving around like on a vacation with your yeah. kids, it's like you don't have to worry about like you know keeping them entertained and be like, right. here's seven of your favorite shows. You can watch them in a loop with headphones. I, obviously, I would not be a good parent, but yeah, whatever, it's yeah. fine. But
0: well, I know it's going to be select shows and select things. You can't download everything off of Netflix, but like I think, I think it's think a lot of
1: their own content, original they, content yeah.
0: that they have the licensing for. Like if you or like if you need to binge watch. Stranger things while you're on a train or a plane like you know or before, in the upside down or on the upside down you could,
1: you could download it and then go to the upside <laughs> down and and watch the Upside it.
0: Down because there's no wi-fi in no. the upside down i mean there could be we don't there's know if-y. Why.
1: if why if <laughs> because yeah, it's the upside down there's if what's your oh. if why password by what yeah <laughs> Your are if what does it do
0: why is this thing taking internet from me i didn't even know i had internet because <laughs> you're in the upside down yes um and see <laughs> uh but, yeah, no, like before you get on a plane, you could download like six episodes of Stranger Things. You could download like, you know, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. You could watch Orange is the New Black. You know, you could you could pretty much
1: just binge those without having, ha- having, having to have an Internet connection. <laughs> I, I do like this because just recently having uh, flown um, in an airplane across the sky. Um, I felt like because I when I when I first I was like, oh, I can kind of watch things on on the airplane, and and then I realized like their internet's limited, and oh, you had to pay a lot the, for it. I yeah. didn't I didn't pay for it because oh. I was like, screw that, I'm only going to be on this thing for four hours. I'm not after after the the money sponge that was Vegas, I was like, no one's getting any more of my money. So I had my um my iPad with me, and I saw they had TV, and I'm like, I'll just watch TV. So I watched like. Two hours of like um, Dateline NBC. Some this like she did it. She's the murderer. Like that's like that's all I did for an hour. I'm just like that next door lady, next door neighbor lady. She's pretty suspicious. So that's all I watched. Yeah, I, they.
0: Uh, what was it? I did that, yeah, I, I bought the internet one time I flew, and I was just like, yeah, I'll be able to just stream something, and
1: it's like, nope. because yeah, I was going to watch, in surprise, surprise, I was going to watch wrestling, because I was going to get caught up on uh, Cruiserweight Classic, I'm like, I'm not spending money to watch. No, I mean, you're lucky you <laughs> didn't, because you wouldn't have streamed nothing. Yeah, that, and it's been like, Paul, why are you just watching two dudes wrestling? It's like, just don't You'd judge have been me. like, I'm going to check the
0: news, and then it would load like, ch-
1: yeah, yeah. So and you're like,
0: "Oh, yeah, I'm in the sky, I don't
1: so get- the the Netflix offline viewing would have actually been great because they yeah. could probably caught up on some stuff. But, okay. um, I feel like hopefully this is the start of other services catching on with this. Like, I would absolutely love if Hulu had offline viewing, which but at the same time, though, they have multiple contracts with multiple outlets and networks. Yeah so they're not going to yeah
0: it's you're not going to be able to be like hey nbc let me just download all these episodes of seinfeld
1: yeah i mean maybe maybe they'll give the permission just because i think and joe says no um i feel (laughs) like for um, the licensing
0: yeah yeah. like something like especially like seinfeld like you think about that it's like well like nbc is getting all this money from hulu yes but they still want people to go out and buy those box sets and things like that
1: yeah that's true um I don't. It's, I think it's an interesting first step. Uh, yeah, it
0: is. It'll be an interesting gateway. So. Yeah.
1: So uh, good on that. Um. And then one last secret Damn. bit of news Joe doesn't know about this. Oh, secrets. Um. As of today, December first. Uh, the Rock is streaming on Netflix, so go watch that. That is one of the greatest movies ever made.
0: Oh, with Sean Connery
1: and Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah, I love that movie. It's a really good movie. It was a pretty good movie. It was before Michael Bay. It was like, wait, I can just have robots punching each other the right. entire time.
0: Well, that was you, you saw the you saw the inception of the Bay explosions there with the right. the San Francisco street chase and there's where, so
1: many sun sunrises and sunsets too.
0: Yeah, like yeah, that um, truck that gets shot up in the air from the explosion, like it like lifts off like a rocket, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, that's not possible.
1: No, uh, but that's a fun movie. I, I feel like that's Michael Bay and his full Michael Bayness, like in, in, in a good way. Um, the Transformers movies have been hit or miss for me. Uh, Pain and Game was solid, um, but this feels like this is like when I talk about Michael Bay, it's like I just want to show The Rock and be like, that's it. That's perfect. That's awesome. Not too much Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage. There's a couple times where he kind of goes off. You're like, okay, calm down, Nick Cage. But for the most part, he's, he's pretty good. But having Sean Connery just being like, just a surly bastard that's been like imprisoned illegally for years, having to break back into the prison that he was in. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know? So anyway, go watch the rock. If you have not seen it, that was, that was my secret news of the week. All right. Yeah. So, so let's get on to the interview then. Okay. <laughs> and now for our feature presentation, <laughs> um, other secret news real quick, civil war, Captain America civil wars coming this month on Netflix. Oh cool Right That's a pretty fast turnaround mm-hmm. So yeah If you've not seen that Watch that Or if you've listened to this show You probably heard us talk about it all the time I'm and sure we're you have so, Yeah if you listen to the show Yeah so um, Yes we had the opportunity To speak to Lyman He uh, He's written a book called Operation Jaguar And he was so kind as to spend some time Talking to us about uh, Just the writing process And the challenges um, Interesting origin Of how the book happened So uh, check it out guys And then we will be Meet you on the other side All right, and uh, welcome to Invasion of the Podcast. We have uh, Lyman Rate, uh, writer of Operation Jaguar. Thank you for coming to the show.
3: Thanks for being on the show. Pleasure to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. All
1: right, so first off, just want to ask, like, uh, what was your what was the genesis of you wanting to write this book?
3: Well, when I um, when I first started actually thinking about writing, this was something that was kind of encouraged by my at the time girlfriend, and. She told me about an event called NaNoWriMo, which is the National Novel Writing Month, and that's in November. Um, it's in 30 days. The objective is to try to write 50,000 words over 30 days. And up until that point, I had really the only thing I had ever written that was of length was a term paper, stuff in school. Really didn't even think about doing anything large scale, I should say. And she said, Well, if you want to try it go for it you know what do you have to lose you have nothing to lose on that i'm thinking well all right i, I guess you know it, it'll work i think and uh so a couple of days before november i started trying to figure out what in the heck could i write about i mean i've never written a book let alone anything that has thousands of words and Yeah,
1: that's kind of daunting to be
3: like, Hey, by the way, two days before is. November, you're gonna write a lot of words.
0: Well, it's intimidating to to to, to start oh, yeah. writing. It's extremely yeah.
3: intimidating, especially if you've, if you've never done it. And then I started reading about NaNoWriMo and doing research and then reading about people writing books and how a lot of people get stalled out about 15, 20, 20 25,000 words in. And that's their, that's where the uh, writer's block comes into play. And I'm going, Oh, I don't know if I want to do this.
1: I, I get about 15 words of, in, and
0: I get stumped. It's so. kind of probably just like running a marathon. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, you, you hit a wall everything's there. Whether it's physical or mental, writing, yeah. there is always a mental wall. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah, there is. And, so then, I had to figure out, okay, well, what do I want to write about? And I said, you know what, I'm going to write off of some of the military history that I, I love to read military history. Um, I'm I'm a Army vet, and so I was like, I'm going to play off of my military experience plus everything that I've read about the military in general. Well, let's see where we go from here. And there's two different types of writers from what I understand and from, from what I've seen. There's pantsers. They basically write by the seat of their pants yeah. and then just write and go and the ideas come out and they just keep writing off of those ideas and then they go back and look at everything and say, okay, yeah, this works. No, and yeah, then, No, that doesn't work. Okay, that totally doesn't even belong in here. Then there's the ones that are all the, uh, the very technical. They write everything out. They have their plans. They have... Like, uh, their their chapters all planned out exactly how everything is supposed to go. I'm a pantser by far. I just <laughs> fly by the seat of my pants. I have no clue. The the words are literally flowing in my brain and I'm just like, "Come on fingers, keep going. You know, you're doing great here. Just don't cramp up." <laughs> so- it was definitely daunting, but I can tell you that when I really started saying, "You know what? I could do this." I got about ten thousand words in in the first three days. Wow! And they they say you want to average around thirty two hundred, thirty one, thirty two hundred words per day to be able to meet that goal. No, wait. No, sixteen hundred words, just over sixteen hundred words. Excuse me, oh. per day, and I'm that's I'm way right. less intimidating than thirty two hundred. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah, it doesn't I, and sound I'm too just bad. Rocking and rolling, and. You know, but I'm seeing the numbers twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. And in my mind, I'm going, "You're getting close to that." Where everybody says that, yeah, potential roadblocks gonna hit you.
1: So, what did you do to get get past that? Then, like, that's I think that's a good question because I know for me, like anytime I come up with a thing, I get I get blocked with all the possibilities, so I don't pick anything.
3: I think I psyched myself out because I never had it appear.
1: Oh. So you uh, that would be happy about
3: that In in my second book When I was starting to write my second book It definitely hit me and it hit me very hard I was out for almost three months I just could not Think of anything to write But that first book I think the first book And the reason it didn't show up Is because I was excited I didn't allow myself To really Harbor on the, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm getting into this one section where everybody says you could have roadblock or, or writer's block. And it just, the idea was still there. To me, it was very fresh. And I just was, I was just very fortunate in that I actually had the words to put where I needed them. And uh, they could go back from there.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I can overthink an idea and then not want to do anything with it. Like I'll put it, like I'll I'll try to think of something. And then I'll I'll examine it from all angles, and then I end up not doing anything with it. So, so yeah, hats off I've, to you. Like I I, I, have, I have a, have a hard time saying, just go with it. You know. Um, yeah. So you said you are a military vet. So like what what experience did you have there that spoke to to your writing of the book?
3: Well, I'm uh, Army. I was an Army vet. I was infantryman. So I was a ground pounder. What's what we like to call, or as. Some of us like to joke, which really isn't a joke, but it was—it is a joke, and nonetheless, bullet sponge. Oh, because we're the front line. Um, that was our running joke whenever we, whenever we went out to do live fires and stuff. Oh, good, the bullet sponges are coming out. But um, it it allowed me to remember when we did room-to-room clearing, it allowed me to remember a lot of the lingo and the jargon that we used when we were doing uh, communication with each other, with each other's units. And um, I had, I'd still did a lot of research with this book. Um, even though I was military, I still did uh, a, quite a bit of research to make sure that I wasn't going too far-fetched, even though this is fiction. Um, I, I still wanted to stay... As close to what the military really does, versus making them do whatever I wanted them to do.
1: Okay, well, I mean that that makes sense. Um, the, the, like I know, in the way it's presented, there's more of um, like it's more of a, like a unit based thing as opposed to individuals. So is that like right?
3: Okay. And I wanted to keep it as a unit base because you hear a lot of a lot of stories that i've read and a lot of stories that i've seen it really talks about the individuals it talks about the squadrons it talks about the the small groups battalions the, i mean this the, the the group the entities because every unit breaks down when you break it down from a battalion to a, a company to platoons to squadrons to fire to fire teams It all breaks down into smaller and smaller and smaller groups well a lot of the stories that I've read were about individuals and smaller groups it really wasn't anything that I was finding in regards to what the actual units themselves do and I felt that writing something that kind of talked about the units but also talked about individuality in the within the unit gave it a different perspective but also that this was a unit that was basically uh, the only way it could be authorized to do anything, and it was completely in control of the President of the United States, which isn't something that actually happened, it is is um, is out there that I'm aware of. Of course, if there is, we wouldn't <laughs> it's know. It's
1: true. If they, were, if they were that covert, <laughs> you wouldn't know about it.
3: Yeah, we wouldn't know anything about it. This unit could actually exist i have no clue
1: they're like damn it they, um, they took they took the name we got to change the name now they gotta change
3: the name. <laughs> yeah i probably would have had a visit if, if somebody had um if somebody read my book and goes um he knows who something. exactly is this guy yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: like man <laughs> so, in a dark jacket and hat and just kind of slowly taps his side arm, and be like you're gonna change that name aren't you like yes i will thank you
3: um uh, cease and desist so you sure no problem
1: you you publish this through kindle right
3: I did. I published this through uh, the Amazon Kindle, uh, their Kindle, the Kindle Direct Publishing, and then uh, also through their CreateSpace.
0: Okay, and you did this for both the books?
3: The, for this book, the other book hasn't come out yet. Okay. I haven't, um, it is not officially released yet. I'm still waiting for the final aspects of it to come together before I will. Okay.
1: Was that another November project for you? Did you just like say, November 1st, I'm going to write this book? I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> no, the
3: second book actually piggybacked pretty much right after I wrote the first one. Uh, I wrote the second one in January.
1: Okay, okay. So when you went from the first one to the second one, like what did you. I mean, you said you had a, a bit of a, a writer's block where it kind of stopped you for a while, but what did you learn from the first one that you're taking into the second one?
3: From the first one to the second one is if the idea is there, don't sit on it because if you sit on it, you'll start second guessing yourself.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense that it's sometimes better just to get it out there and then look at what you have versus not putting it down whatsoever.
3: Right. There were I, in the second book, I changed the overall what was going to happen 12 times because I kept writing something down and then I'd get to that point. I'm like, all right, let's keep going. And then, I'd get stuck, and instead of writing something else down that was possibly another idea, I'd just sit on it, and then I'd start guessing myself, going, is this, I don't know if this was really a good idea.
0: So was the first book a lot more clear-cut for you to write? Like you you had an ending envisioned in your head, and you got there pretty easily?
3: The first book, yes. Um, The first book was, I I knew where I wanted it to, when I started the book, I had no clue where it was going to (laughs) go. And I say that because I was, in the moment, I had no clue what I was writing, I was just writing down the words as they came, and the ideas, and the context, and everything else. As I got farther into the book, the idea, the plot, everything really came into focus so i knew where i was wanting to go with it and i'd be lying if i didn't if i if i said that i didn't get kind of giddy when i was getting up to the lar the the the, toward the end the climatic the big the big uh big scene
1: well yeah because you got all your toys out your toy box you want to you want to (laughs) smash them together a little bit right
3: (laughs) yeah you know you got explosions and gunfights and all that good stuff and I'm going, you know, I'm getting really excited about that. And the, the and so I was really, really prepared for what the ending was going to be about two-thirds into the book. I was, I was like, okay, I know where this book is going to end, and that actually allowed me to, to plan where I wanted the second book to start and end as well. And then it's... I don't know if I'm unique, but I can say that I know where this is going to be a six-book series, so I know exactly where each book is supposed to start versus and where each book is going to end.
1: Well, you have one up on George R.R. R. Martin, I can tell you that
3: much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't know who he's killing next.
1: No, no. It's, I know, like, for him, it's like you said you took 12 times to figure out where you're going. I'm sure he does 12 times before breakfast you know like
3: oh uh, yeah he has to i mean he's something completely different
1: (laughs) so
0: you um you said you did your research and everything on you know like the the military aspect but like as far as like writing and like what books you like to read are there any authors that influenced you and how you decided to write
3: oh man you know i to be really honest with you i love to i don't like to just pinpoint one particular author or another, I love to really branch out and read stuff because there might be times where you'll be reading something and something will catch your eye and you're like, hmm, I think I'm going to read that one next. And you might be surprising yourself in finding a totally new author that you really like. You might find that the book you're reading is, yeah, I'm not going to be able to finish this. There's just no possible way. Um...
1: It's, it's kind of how I am with Wikipedia, where I go from one article to the next, where I'm like, you, you want to read something about, like, oh, there's a movie. Next thing I know, I'm learning how cotton candy is actually made, and, it's and, or, definitely or yeah. else. Yeah. Well,
0: IMDb is a rabbit hole like that, too. You're just like, oh, this person was in this movie, and then it's like...
1: Three in the morning. You're like, oh, what did all of Burgess Meredith... Burgess Meredith. No, Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith, him too. No. Uh,
3: no, so, um, um, yeah. So, you know, I've read some Stephen King. I really like some of his styles... Um, somebody that I know, his name is Brian Paoni. He's written a couple books. Um, He has a very interesting take on his writing. One of his um, newer books is called Yours Truly, 2095. It's it's a really interesting way that he writes it, and um, I actually know him, and I've got a copy of his book from him, and I was reading it, and It's really helped. What what has helped me in reading all of these different styles of styles of books has really helped me. Is there's no one exact way of writing. There are different styles of writing, but there's no exact. Just it must be this way. If you're writing a fiction book, if you're writing a fantasy, if you're writing an autobiography, there's no exact. It must be this way, or it's wrong. And I think that's what made it unique for me, is that I've been able to pick and choose from the different styles to create mine.
0: Do you feel like uh, your style changed in any way from the first to second book?
3: I could definitely say that my editor would like for me to stick with one method or another when it comes to first person or third person um, writing, because that's one of my weaknesses is is writing from, is, is I do interchange first and third person, but... Well, that's where a good editor comes into play and can I, fix all of our mistakes. I will <laughs> say, yeah, like
1: your your book felt more like a screenplay in the sense of how the transitions are fast. Um, so it felt yeah. more like watching a TV show. Yeah, I got and, a TV and, show vibe. And like, and that's I mean, that's fine for a TV show, but I can see how like an editor that would play havoc with them. Where it's like you were just talking about this, now you're talking about this. Where you know, there's there's a lot yeah. of interchange there.
3: There is a lot of uh, there. There's a lot of quick change in that, but I actually went with that because I felt the overall pace of the book. If I slowed it down, um, I, I could slow it down. I could add additional information. I could add additional dialogue and, and and action and interaction that's going on. But the overall pace of the book would lose the the t- intensity if i started doing that and i've had a number of people say you know hey it, there there are times where it is difficult to 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 stay with what exactly is going on yeah i mean i guess that's that, kind of yeah. the intent until all of a sudden you get to the end and it's like okay i was not expecting that
1: yeah as I say, the challenge would be picking and choosing where you want to pick up and leave off with characters in action, like I know you you have a number of different things going on at the same time, so it had to be it has to be a challenge to pick all right, this is pertinent, this is not pertinent. Where do I go with each character in terms of what, mm-hmm. what I feel is important to the story without just being like, all right, well, they're just going to have a cup of coffee now. We'll leave them alone for a minute, and we'll go back to somebody else
3: right and there have been times where I've read stories where um, it feels like they've added words just to add words, and it doesn't actually have a direct correlation to exactly what's going on in the story. And they kind of lose the the action all the way through. If, if it's an action-based book, they lose some of that action by adding things that aren't exactly pertinent to the action that's happening. We
1: we know you're talking about Stephanie Meyer. It's okay. We we agree with that. No, so when you when you write this, like uh, clearly for for this one uh, for Operation Jaguar, it was a, a month long. Like, just it was just a dead heat to the end. Did you have like like a, a playlist of music that you listened to, or anything that you did that you are like, today's my writing day, and I'm going to listen to nothing but like Rammstein the entire time while I write this? Or <laughs> yeah, kind of. Remember. Oh man, like, I haven't heard Ramstein. Any in muse?
3: Forever. Yeah,
0: whatever muse you used. Yeah.
3: What I like to do is um, I'll throw I'll bring up Pandora Plus or Amazon Music, and I'll. I'll throw up uh, movie scores. I'll listen to um, different movie scores. Um, I've got a, a number of different um, stations on Pandora that I actually listen to. I'll I'll do a shuffle between uh, Epic Soundtrack. There's Epic Soundtrack Radio. There's Hans Zimmer Radio. Um, Two Steps from Hell Radio. I'll throw Final Fantasy Eight original soundtrack in there for fun and then i'll throw some uh some dubstep and techno technotronic in there as well so you're kind of all over the place
1: yeah i, I can get I, I can get behind the well obviously like the electronic stuff too but like Hans zimmer the exception soundtrack i can listen now i'll on loop one doing anything it's amazing
0: well no that's a that's oh yeah a good creative process because i know with me i get inspired by Music too, and 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 it's always a great range too. Like one minute, I could be listening to like the Prodigy from the '90s, and then like the next minute, I I I could be listening to Metallica, and then I go back to Johnny Cash, Mm -hmm. and it's like where where is this map of music leading me? But it 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 gets my it gets my creative juices flowing.
1: Well, I know like exactly Spike Jones when he was doing uh, Where the Wild Things Are. The movie when he was writing the, the screenplay, he listened to one Arcade Fire song over and over and over again while writing
3: that screenplay. Wow! Yeah, I, I don't know if I would I love the song
1: or hate it at the end. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I could do one song uh, yeah. like to create. I, like,
3: I don't think I could do one song. I'd yeah. probably just. I don't think I don't know what I would be writing at that point when I heard it to, for the. uh 800th time, I'd be looking at my words going yeah, I wondered when I was gonna end up in cryptic script
1: I would just keep writing the lyrics over and over again like Jack Torrance in The Shining like I'd be a typewriter be <laughs> Yeah, bad.
3: yeah, exactly
1: um, So when we, we talked about earlier about uh, submitting this to Amazon. So how how difficult was that like? Uh, was there like a vetting process or they were just like, you know, like how how did that go submitting your work to Amazon to be out there for the marketplace?
3: Well, that's a great question. When it comes to using the Kindle Direct Publishing and that you want to make sure that you your, your manuscript, everything that you have is, is polished, they have... Um, I wouldn't say they're super strict, but they're very rigid in regards to what you have to have for the requirements. In other words, for you have to have it formatted in a certain way. You have to have your... Your your cover formatted a certain way. Um, they have very they have requirements that must be met, and you can you fill all of this stuff in. You put all of the stuff in. You, it, it actually doesn't take that long to upload everything. Then you submit it for review. Now um, their their review process is usually around twenty four hours. That it, it can take up to twenty four hours for them to respond back to you and say, hey, everything's looking good. Or you have to, you need to fix this X, Y, Z. Once you get to that step, then you have to go and look at their editor. Their editor is a program that actually brings your book. It makes it look like a Kindle book or it looks like a paperback book, um, one of the two or both. And they'll say, "Does this look good? Here's what the margins will look like. This okay. is what it's going to look like on." So on the so the, the format reader. isn't like
1: weird looking, where it's like you have half your pages like you know, like yeah. the, the line spacing is weird on this. this is well, I'm sure
0: okay. they have some type of uh, f- program to adjust it so it'll work on like Kindle devices. They
3: actually apps. have templates. They actually have oh. templates that you can download. Oh, okay. Um, you have a template that you can download and then f- input your um, input your your books your book. Uh, Your manuscript is what we call it. And, And then it'll actually show you where you need to format, what you need to fix, and then you can save it and then upload it from there. So they have cut a lot of the formatting headaches out. But there are still going to be some because even with that, sometimes the format doesn't look right. And then you have to go back in and manually, manually fix that on your end and then just keep changing it.
1: They're like, listen, we like this, but it's a Comic Sans. You've got to change that. Yeah. Did, you have to, <laughs> did you have to resubmit
0: like, to get into Kendall's Graces a lot? or
3: No. Um, I actually worked with, with my editor. Um, she, she has done a number of these books. So she gave me when when she sent Mac when she sent back my final copy before I was ready to put it up, um, she pre formatted it for me. Okay. So when I received the co- when I received it back, it was already ready to go. So I was fortunate in that I only had to I only had to resubmit it once, but I had to resubmit the cover four times because we could not get the, the what their specs versus what we were seeing we were we were showing the correct specs that they were wanting but when we transferred it from what i had to what they were looking at it still wasn't coming up right
1: hmm. i, I've, so know, I have, I've known that I have, my cover art or,
3: <laughs> I have my cover artist go in and just do it on his own <laughs>
1: yeah i've i've known that that terror of submitting things multiple times and be like this doesn't look right but it looks good on my screen like yeah uh, like, um, and um, like
3: the numbers all match up. Why isn't this
1: working?
0: <laughs> and it's just it's just digital on Kindle, right? You can't physically get a copy, right?
3: No, you can get a uh, oh, physical okay. copy. The nice thing is, is with Kindle, once you create your Kindle version and, and you're able to get it published, they give you a couple different options. Um, you can go to Create Space, which Create Space, which is also owned by Amazon, and you can upload your the format and your cover there as well. That will then make it to where they can be purchased physical copies on Amazon.com, as well as the Kindle version, and then also um, the authors can go in and purchase off of CreateSpace as well for additional copies if they want to. If they want to purchase them.
1: Okay. Okay. So, I mean, because I know I saw you did have physical copies of your book. I just didn't know if that was a separate process that you had already with that, or if it was all just through Amazon.
3: Um, It's all through Amazon. I've got everything through Amazon. There are other companies that I could use out there, but for convenience and simplicity purposes, I stuck with with the uh, Amazon platforms because I knew them already.
1: So are you able to, like, I don't know if you have a contract with Amazon where you've submitted this to their marketplace. Are you able to still take your story and submit it to other, like, digital outlets, or is it just a contract with Amazon?
3: No, I am... There, I could pull this from at any time from Amazon, and then I could go somewhere else with it. There's no uh, limitations that that says if I publish with Amazon, I have to just leave it on Amazon no matter what.
1: Okay, I was just curious about that. I mean, so if I, like I wanted to outlet. go with,
3: say, if I found a publisher who was interested in the book, I could pull it from Amazon and then give the rights to the publisher to publish it from there.
1: Oh well, that that's good. I mean, like, I mean, we're at such a point now with individual creation that I just I'm glad to hear that they're that they're letting you retain publication rights not like you're signing over your soul just to get your your story out there yeah i think that's
0: been a big big boom and a benefit for writers with kindle is you don't have to hunt down a publisher and and prove to them as much as you do just you know having a good editor and a a good story and being able to upload it and get your word out there
3: oh absolutely it's it's really big in regards to the creative process because if you have that limitation there it kind of it really can kind of turn people off to the point of, well, if I have to write it and I can only put it in one market, then that's not exactly what I want to do. So then they start looking for other options and, or not even publishing their book at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just feel like the same way now with anybody that can put out a mixtape or, I don't know, a podcast. You know, you could just uh, <laughs> yeah. get it out there and get it in people's yeah. hands. So, um, but okay. So, um just to, to wrap it up here and again thank you for taking the time to talk to us about your book i do have one My burning pleasure. question about operation <laughs> yeah. jaguar what happened to the cat that was in the cabin roscoe roscoe what happened <laughs> the cat is, is this the sequel we don't know about yet is this operation roscoe is that the next roscoe book? is the jaguar yes
3: <laughs> yeah no <laughs> um the cat well, no one knows exactly what happened to the cat. The cat disappeared. Is um, it open
0: or inter- it's an open to
1: interpretation? Double agent. I'm calling her right double now. A- yeah. Cat is a double yeah, agent. Yeah, double agent. It's going
3: <laughs> to appear again in one of my next books. No. It's uh, like, oh, it's
1: a secret Persian we don't know about. He's going to turn on us all. Yeah. Own.
3: No, unfortunately, it was up in the mountains. There was that cabin fire and. Uh, you know cats do what cats do they'll disappear and <laughs> i just i just like how uh, you leave it hopefully at, like, it still has hopefully it has at least at least a couple lives left and it's survived up there somewhere but the you know. like,
1: if you bring this to book six and have the cat show up at the very end my hat's off to you i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <they'll,
3: laughs> have them go back up to the cabins as an old-time member that'd be a good uh, easter there. egg or yeah, a good like
0: like reward for loyal readers It'd be like you guys remember roscoe from the first book, he's yeah. Back. yeah, I love it. That's how you tie yeah, it.
3: Yeah, turn end. turn it in and uh, and then say for the next book after the end of this, Lone Wolf.
1: Yeah, there you go. I like it. So, uh, but yeah, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, your book is Operation Jaguar. It is available on the Amazon Marketplace. You can get it on a Kindle, uh, and you can also get physical copies. And I'm sure Lyman would l- like to talk to you about about that and more. I'm sure you can reach out to him directly. Do you have like I mean, I know I know we talked to you on this, and you have the Amazon Marketplace. Is there any other way to reach you? Um, on
3: facebook i am available on facebook i have a facebook page author lyman rate and then also of course my personal page lyman rate um so you can reach out to me on either one i'd be more than happy to talk to whomever and um hopefully get hopefully be on the lookout for the second book of the ghost one series called code of deceit which should be hopefully debuting by the first of january
1: Awesome. Uh, that's, that's good to hear. And again, thank you for coming on the show. And, Thanks for being uh, and, on the show. and best of luck. And um, uh, viva La Roscoe.
3: <laughs> <laughs> viva La Roscoe. Thank you both very much again. And it was a pleasure talking with to you tonight.
1: All right, and uh, that was the interview. And, and again, thank you, Lyman, uh, for giving time to talk about your book. Uh, that is Operation Jaguar. You can find it on the Amazon uh, Marketplace, on the Kindle Marketplace. I think it's just a dollar too. So yeah, so there you go. Ch- check it out. Um, now uh, we are going to get back into what we talked about earlier. Uh, the 30th anniversary of Double Dare happened. Um, and what was it, like last week, they actually had a 30th anniversary special on Nickelodeon, which I did not see. I didn't get to see it yeah. either. Uh, but I figured it'd be fun to kind of just revisit. I think it would be cool.
0: Bit. Yeah, I wanted to see it because of Mark Summers specifically, because I know after that, he basically was it food.com or was it wasn't food, food network, network. The f- no it wasn't food network wasn't what was it? It? i don't know i, thought I don't it was know network. he did like so many shows unwrapped. I remember unwrapped. Unwrapped. he did unwrap candy yeah yeah it was all these food shows and i'm just like oh you're just a double dare guy you're gonna push that guy into that chocolate
1: <laughs> yeah it's just like today we're gonna learn how tootsie rolls are made why throw my co-host through yeah. the whole thing yeah so. you're, like, you're gonna go through there and grab that flag and then there's tootsie rolls
0: on the other side
2: on your mark get set go
1: Oh, there's supposed to be more music there. but we're gonna Yeah, play it's this like, well, it's a 60-second countdown. Yeah.
0: Oh, this is where you got to go back to your uh, your podium after you did the physical <laughs> challenge.
1: Like, they had to play music so yeah, you could get cleaned up and walk back to your podium. Yeah. So I'm going to ask Joe. I come up with a list of uh 10 physical challenges. So this wasn't the obstacle course, which I looked up all the obstacle course descriptions. Mm-hmm. It was like... It was, it, I don't know, it was just one of those things where like... like I, human
0: hamster and yeah, he, Sunday
1: slide. Yeah, all this stuff. It was like way too complicated to try to explain what they were and, and and make up a fake one to distract you. So I came up with, is this a real physical challenge or not? like mm. So I have two of them. So you tell me which one's the fake one. Okay. And if you're right, yeah, I, don't have a, I don't have a good noise, but if you're wrong, you, you get the double dare buzzer. So, uh, okay. right. so the first one is, is it the trouble bubble or clown shoe golf? Dare. That's not an option. Oh, damn it.
0: Uh, Trouble Bubble. Oh, no. Clown Shoe Golf. Why would
1: you have Clown Shoe Golf? The Trouble Bubble is from G.I. Joe. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Damn it. uh, Okay. So this next one. Okay. Is it Chocolate Spy (laughs) or Vanilla Ice? Chocolate Spy? That's right. Okay. What it's evidently someone sits in a chair because that's what you do. Yeah, and you have a hat with like a little pokey thing on it, and then they have all these balloons filled with like. Oh, poop. and they have to they, like, they, they have to throw put the balloons on the head, and then whichever one has chocolate pudding, like they don't know which of the balloons have oh, so it. They so they just keep
0: popping up and
1: um, hitting them. yeah something oh, like that. Yeah, it's I like remember thin, that like, one because the physical challenges are all like within like 10 15 seconds. Yeah, right. So all right, so it was chocolate spy. That's why I was saying at the beginning, like like they would do these these physical
0: challenges. Like there was one where it was like breakfast in bed. And then, like, they had a bed, and this was, I think it was on Family Double Dare, but they had to, like, they had to pour orange juice on the person in the bed, and then they had to switch places with the person pushing pushing the bed, because you had to push the bed down to a finish line, and then at the end, you, you pull a lever, and all these eggs fall on the person in the bed. Yeah. But, like... The tile that they had set up, like as soon as that orange juice and all that other stuff hit that tile, it was like impossible to have any traction. Like I feel like they had somebody in the studio that was just sanding all the traction off the shoes. Well,
1: that's like you got to read that that article I uh, yeah. mentioned previously because they talked about how the first season they switched from whatever floor they were using to the to later on it was something that actually had more grip. Mm-hmm. But even then, once you start adding all those liquids, it was anybody's game at that point. Oh yeah, it, and how like and even then they added troughs to try to like mop up all the the junk between the games and everything it was really involved how they figured out how to clean that place up quickly yeah. but yeah a lot of people fell down um there's only two major times people got hurt but you got to read the article i don't want to get into that all it's right. pretty it's pretty gruesome what happened to, to to poor kids so all right next one musical eggs or child pinata musical eggs that's right Yeah, i just i like child pinata i, don't know I means, would but,
0: play child pinata yeah. All right, here's the next uh, one. This is, your, show.
1: this is your Tom Cruise uh, play of the day. Oh, Is it Top Gum or Grain Man? Top Gum. Yeah. I like, remember that one. <laughs> grain Man. You really? Did you think it would be Grain Man? I don't know what that would be. I don't okay. even know what that would be. Uh, backpack of Balls or Slapper Keeper? Oh, Slapper Keeper. It's Backpack of Balls.
0: What the hell? What was Slapper Keeper I don't know. From? I made it up.
1: Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, that uh, sounds like totally because I Trapper Keepers were so big then. I know. That's why I thought that would be like something. That was like, a good yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, you um, got me. Uh, desert Boat or Invisible Boat? Invisible Boat. Invisible Boat was from Guts. I know but they had a kid hanging from... Uh, it, Guts was the, the the Nickelodeon show with kids competing in physical, like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Invisible Boat was a kid, like, in a wire harness. Not a wire harness, but, like, a harness hanging down a, 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 over a pool of water with just a paddle. And he had to paddle all across. So it looked like he was in an invisible boat.
0: I remember seeing something on social media once where somebody posted a picture of... Uh, they were at their dentist's office, and he had the trophy the piece of the aggro crag like in his dentist like he was on guts when he was a kid <laughs> and now he's a dentist he he's the a dentist and he's got that's it in amazing. his office i'm like that would be amazing if you walked and be
1: like you were on guts like <laughs> i love it all right next one uh human cereal or reverse cowpoke human cereal that's right i don't know what reverse cowpoke is it this sounds wrong so it does sound wrong. all right next one human taco or atmosphere human taco
0: atlas fears from american gladiator i know
1: that yeah okay. although
0: if they could incorporate that into double dare yeah. i think american gladiators double dare edition
1: would be really that'd big. be amazing yeah, yeah. Um, all right uh, pies in your pants or uncle mark's secret game oh come on pies in your pants <laughs> no, I'm, jo- I'm joking it's no. pies in your pants all right <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so terrible uncle mark's secret game unwrapped um so no and listen to the very very end of the episode after the music plays i i have uh that double dare montage that you guys need to listen to it's that, um it's questionable it sounds it, a little it, creepy it, it's all audio from an episode but it's taken out of context all right and your very last one here you're not going to be happy about either one of these answers it is toss salad or nutbusters. toss salad that's right all right that still doesn't sound right though. No, it doesn't. Yeah. So, anyway, that's that's my quick double dare game. I had I just it was tough like I read through all the physical challenges and like all the obstacle courses. It's like some of them are like really really obvious. Yeah. But but yeah, like there's definitely like I remember watching that show as a kid and I always was just like I could do that, you know, and it's yeah. just like you so there was always that hope and then I always wanted to win a Casio watch or whatever it was they offered. They were giving like, away stuff, yeah.
0: yeah. And it was it was funny because I remember like the physical obstacle course was like there were ones where it was like the earwax one or the ear one where yeah. it was like you had to go through this giant head. You had to cross through from one ear to the other. And it was there was like slime in there or something. And, and you grab the flag inside and you hand it off. But then the next person had to go up a slide that was covered in, in like, like whipped cream, fudge cherries like all this slippery like ice cream topping you know backwards like they had to climb up it and it's just like that's a lot more physical than walking from one ear. point to the yeah. other because there was no obstacle in the ear and there's just sometimes
1: gross. like it's like you had to pull just a string and then gunk would fall on you and you grab the flag right. and that'd be it or the one where they would
0: dive into the pool and go yeah. under the 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 bar and grab the flag yeah. and come right or out. Or like
1: the walking feet. It's like, you just go through it. It's fine. Right. You know? But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's something about like that felt very Nickelodeon yeah. to me. And it felt very like, like it was kids can win. And, and, and like, you know, and, and also later on with that family double dare, like you saw the families all get together and the grownups acting like idiots too. That yeah. was a good time. Um, yeah, it was, it's just, I don't know. Like I'm not trying to have a memberberry moment here, but it was it was yeah. it was fun, and it was just ridiculous. And and Mark Summers committed. That's the big thing. Like he, you could tell. Like I mean, he was like obviously getting paid to be there, but like the, some of the stuff that he would say, even now, it's like you know he was just a grown up having fun, being silly, and it's mm-hmm. like it, it was a good time. So anyway, double dare. We miss you. I
0: was going to say, I think now we just have grown up Double Dare with like uh, American Ninja Warrior. And what's that one? (laughs) Pretty much. What's that one game? uh, I can't remember what it's called where it's got like all the rotating uh,
1: like pads and stuff. Oh, that was uh, Wipeout. Wipeout, yeah. Which is supposed to be the American version of um, uh, Ninja Warrior, which is like, that's the stupid version. And I'm glad NBC has American Ninja Warrior. I love Ninja Warrior. Ninja Warrior is good. I've seen a couple of good Ninja Warriors. That feels like an actual competition show. Uh, where
0: you see him get to the end and then it's just like a salmon ladder and they're still going and you're like, how are they doing the salmon ladder after all that? Well, that
1: it's like, it, did you ever watch um, Ninja Warrior when it was on G4 mm-hmm. Yeah, and how the whole goal was to get to the top of Mount Midoriyama and Midoriama Midor- yeah, I think it's how you say it um, and how they would have seasons where no one would win. And yeah. that was the end of the season. It's like no one got here. You all suck. Right. Like that was pretty much what it was. And it, what did and they if, even win, win? Did they get any? You just became Ninja Warrior, and that's all. It was like there was. I don't know if there was ever a prize other than and, the title. Yeah,
0: and I, were there were there as many people on? Ninja Warrior,
1: as there are an American Ninja Warrior, where it's like they don't even take it seriously. Yeah, like you'd see like local comedians and, and sports celebrities and everything like try and just fail miserably. But yeah. it's more like you're on Ninja Warrior. You know, it's like and so people like there's people that be like full costume trying to do yeah. it as a joke. Yeah, people in being costume yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think that like not that I feel like um, Double Dare was like the genesis of all this, but it, you definitely see the roots of like people being right. silly and trying to do things that they're not comfortable doing. Um, but yeah, Double Dare is fun, and I'm glad that they did like a little like honoring that. Like, I almost feel like there should be they should have a whole show about Nickelodeon, but I don't remember enough about it to actually have. I mean, a I good, could probably dig through the memorabilia. Well, like, and... like, yeah, like the rise and fall of it. Though I mean, it's still popular, but like there was a bit yeah. where it was like that was your go-to was oh, Nickelodeon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like you weren't quite old enough yet for MTV, but you had Nickelodeon. You yeah. know So anyway, that was your physical challenge. And if you heard that, then that meant that you failed. So yeah. Joe did not fail. He did pretty well with that. I was trying to trick him with Atlasphere, and that did not work. Yeah, I probably made like $250. <laughs> yeah. And a
0: Casio keyboard. And a Casio keyboard or yeah. a clarinet.
1: <laughs> a lot of musical um, instruments. There, there was a story in that article, and I'll ruin this, that they, they eventually moved production down to, to like Florida. Mm-hmm. And so they would get prizes donated to them for promotional considerations and and disney would donate stuff all the time and they said there was an episode where a kid won a trip to disney world i think it was is disney world down in orlando or mm-hmm. disneyland disney no. world right disney World in yeah. orlando and so this kid won a trip to disney world he started crying because it was like right in his backyard <laughs> like he, he was just upset he's like why did i win a trip to the thing i'm already at yeah yeah i thought that was kind of funny i'd be like if we won a trip to cedar point
3: yeah we'd <laughs> be, just like, be like great oh, thanks okay, yeah cool
1: so, all right, that's going to do it for, for us this week. Next week, Westworld, Westworld, Westworld. We're going to talk about season one. So if you've not seen it, watch it. Um, so there will be spoilers aplenty. We're also going to end up probably talking about the movie, uh, the original Westworld. What, uh, what are we talking about? Westworld. That doesn't sound like anything to me at all yeah <laughs> wait a second uh, then, <sighs> then i'm also going to go one step further and watch future world which is the sequel to westworld i need to watch future world um, too and then because i've i've read some Crichton, i feel like i have some some good things to kind of because i feel like this all kind of ties to jurassic park and also timeline and some other stuff that he's written um so we're gonna have a fun talk about that uh we're gonna go get custom made outfits and hats to wear and not really no but um, white hats and black hats white hats and black hats um
0: the uh the season finale is this Sunday. Just in case you guys don't know, that's why we're going to talk about it. So
1: yeah, I mean, I figure it would be a good time to jump on there. Um, and I mean, I do like we've talked about it earlier. I do want to. I do want to do, do a Western podcast, but I don't feel like Westworld's a Western, so I feel like yeah, like, um, I feel like it does have
0: Western elements, but it definitely does not feel super super Western. Yeah. Um, and I, I, if you do ever plan on watching Westworld, I would not recommend listening to this episode because it. It is definitely one of those shows that drops bombs on you, and there's lots of mystery to it. So if we talk about it, we don't want to ruin the mystery.
1: And I feel like um, there's going to be a big bomb dropped to end oh, the season. Oh, there's got to be. Yeah,
0: the so. last three episodes, they've just kind of been just like slowly dropping
1: stuff. Yeah. So uh, it's Welsh World next week. Um, and then the week after that, Rogue One. We're going to have a friend of the show, Steve King, on to talk about Rogue One. Yeah. He went um, to uh, the, Star
0: Wars Celebration in Europe. Yeah,
1: so we're so. going to have like that's going to be fun there too. So anyway, I uh, hit us up on our Facebook page. It's Evasion of the Podcast. Our Gmail is Evading Podcast at Gmail. Our Twitter is Evading Podcast at Twitter. <laughs> uh leave us some uh reviews on itunes uh the the more the merrier um five stars would be great but if you guys feel like we deserve five stars that's fine too just rate us it'd be yeah any review would be good really um yeah we're also on stitcher we're on google play um so pretty much wherever you can find a podcast we're going to be there so uh that's going to do it for us this week um be safe um i don't i don't know why i say that like other like there's something threat big threat out there looming um,
0: Merry Christmas. I don't know. Merry Christmas. It's it's almost it's Christmas season, man. Like anything. Once Turkey Day is over, it's Christmas time.
1: Yeah. For some of us. But anyway. Um, yeah. Be safe. If you happen to encounter a large ear or a large roll of sushi <laughs> or a large hamster wheel, just be wary. But also remember, grab that flag.
0: Yep.
2: something that you're very dry. Have you noticed that? No. Oh well, I, it's something that it's my job to notice, and I'd like to change that. You turn around, you open that door up above you. However, is a liquid that will fall on your body. Your wife will be over there. You're the stickiest human being I've ever felt in my life. But uh, sweet on you. <laughs> you sweet. Oh well, we'll pick out furniture after the show. But first of all, we have to carry on with this program. And she was, I need, Mom, you look like you're pretty dry right now. Uh, so why don't you have uh, a seat right over here. Join me. And uh, right over there, Jamie will help you folks out. Go over and see him. Because uh, if you could help me out by just crawling down underneath and coming up with your head popping through that hole, because there is a chair there for you to sit upon. And watch. Oh, there you go. You're looking terrific now coming through there. And- Jump up on top and come all the way across. And once you jump off, you'll be very dry. You'll grab that flag. You'll pass it on to Evan. But before, uh, Harvey, tell them what they'll win.
1: It's a clarinet.
2: I'm all squishy, but who cares?